everyone and welcome to worship at CF Paris. We are delighted to have you here with us today as we worship together. If you're still grabbing that cup of coffee, take time to do that and come on in. We're just thankful to have you here. Would you stand with me and join in prayer as we worship? Lord Jesus, we thank you. We continue to celebrate you today and we welcome your spirit into this place. Open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to the truth that you have for us today. And may your spirit work it into our hearts and change our lives, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Come on, help us fill this place with praise, amen. What a beautiful day. Let's start it out with singing and worshiping our Lord. Praise a hallelujah, amen. Praise Yeah, 
that's already here, Lord, as we worship and praise you, you inhabit those praises and you are here. And we thank you for that. You meet us right where we're at every single time. God, and we want to make room for you. We want to make room for you. We have a lot of stuff going on, but it's not near as important as you are. We put you at the center of our lives, in the front, at the top of the list. We give you, we give you our worship. We give you our praise. We give you our attention. And we make room for you. We pray, thy will be done. Well, right now, we know your way is better, God. So as we lift you up, speak to our hearts. Minister to our hearts, God, in that awesome way that you do when we turn our eyes towards you and we make room. Here is where I lay it down, every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. Sing it again. Here is where. Here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. And I will make room. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to And I will make room for you To do whatever you want to To do whatever you want to
is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. We give it all up to you, God, and make room. And I will make. My feed, not on Facebook, I don't think. On our YouTube feed. That's two minutes away before we'll know, right? I know, right? Oh, uh, also click, it's not there, I think it's here. No, that's right. Here's just this stuff we're feeding in. So you can actually hear it twice? How much of it? So it's, so it's, we're sending it two audio feeds, that's why. And I think it's one of these. It takes two minutes for me to find out if it works. I know, I know. No. It's, like, it's like, ah! Yeah. We gotta figure out a better way to pipe the audio. Stuff on audio. What did, is it is it automatically going to that? Is it something we need to change every single time? Well, that's just your mic, so. Go to your source. Go to output. Go to audio. See? I think that's supposed to be built in. Oh, nope, don't do that. What did it do? <laughs> that mic was picking us up. Yo, make sure to take it off the mic. Okay, Chris, we, just, we, we just figured that out. Thank you, though, so much. You 
are all I'm chasing now. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. You are all I'm chasing now. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Just meditate on that right now. We surrender all. Here is where we lay it down. You're such a safe place, God, a safe refuge. I, uh, I, I, was, I was thinking during this song, I think a lot of times we, we get these, these ideas. On a song like this, we sing, and I will make room for you. And, and I, there's a sincerity behind it. I, I know we mean it, but I think we get confused and, and we, we literally think like we're going to carve out a little space and say, okay, God, the rest of this I've got, but, but this, this bit right here, I, I'm, I'm making room for you. And, and I, that's not what this song's talking about. This song isn't about, okay, God, you can have this, this little bit here, and then the rest of this I'm going to hold on to. That, that's, it's, still, it's still yours. When we make room for him, all of a sudden it shakes up the ground of every tradition that we've known. It, 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 all of a sudden it rocks the very world that we live in because it changes everything. When we make room for him, all of a sudden it, 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 it changes our mindset, our outlook on life. All of a sudden the very storms that we endure now become the very things that's building us up to, to achieve that which he has set aside for us, the purpose. I, I'm, I'm asking them to, to sing through this bridge again, and as they sing it, I, man, I want you just to, to imagine with me, if you will, not, not making room or a room necessarily, but, but be in the very room that you want His Spirit alive inside of. This is the room. For each and every one of us, this is it. And, and, and I encourage you, man, just open up. If, if you're new here and this sounds crazy weird, man, I, I'm going to be talking today about some things that, that I hope it, it explain a little bit more. But man, listen, I, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing like a lifestyle that knows that Jesus is, is for you, not against you. Uh, a life that knows that that he's come to give you abundant life and though even though even though that hell happens right here on earth man that we can still lean in on him trust him hold on to him keep allowing this room to be for him and everything else everything else scripture says will fall into place the relationship you're worried about it's all going to work out the job situation, the family situation, the, all of these different things, these, these, these things that seem to compound, snowball on our lives and, and weigh us down. God's saying, if you'll turn your eyes upon me, look full up here. Everything else, the things of this earth, they, they grow strangely dim in the light of his glory, his grace. Guys, I, I want them to sing this again. And as we go through this bridge, I mean, literally, literally let, it, let it just affect every area of your life. As David screamed out to God, search my heart, know my inner thoughts, know who I am. Man, I encourage you to do the same. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. 
break down the walls, Lord God, of any bit of religion that I hold on to. Because your way is better. Because your way is better. Come on, guys, let's sing that again, please. Shake up the ground. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better.
is who you are. Where there seems to be no way, God, you make a way. You're a God of life. You're a God of goodness. You speak things into existence. You call things that are not as though they were. And you bring dead things to life again. God, just as we celebrated your resurrection of your son Jesus last week, God, we want that resurrection in our lives. We want life inside of our bodies. The life that brings healing. The life that brings wholeness, the life that brings joy, the life that brings peace. Jesus, you are that life. You are that way. You are that truth. We put all our hope and all our trust in you, Jesus. Be glorified in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take your seat. Yeah, say hello to someone around you. Feel free to clap. Yep. Good morning, good morning. What a beautiful spring morning it is. So glad that you're here this morning with us, uh, in person or online, and I gotta apologize to all our online folks. We had some audio issues. Um, I think we got that worked out now. But uh, anyway, thank you for hanging in there with us online, even though the audio was a little bit messed up. We appreciate you for that. And uh, it's just really good to worship God together, whether we're at home, uh, in the truck, or here in person. God is good, amen? Amen, amen. So if, you, if you're here as a guest with us or you're visiting with us, you came last week was your first week or uh, this week is your first week or second week or third week, we just want to welcome you. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate that you're here. Thanks for taking time out of your weekend to come and, and check us out. Um, I do want to make mention for you as a guest, we have a new here card in the back of the seat in front of you or the link online. And we'd love to know that you were here so we could send you a note of thanks. We uh, Terry writes a little postcard and 
Uh, we just appreciate you coming. We have a little gift as well if you're here in person. Um, or if you're online, you want to come by this week and get it. Uh, we have a little CF Paris coffee mug we'd love to give you. Um, you can go see one of uh, our staff members back here at the New Here reception uh, on your right, on your way out. But we just appreciate you coming. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being our guest. And everybody else that's here, welcome back to Sunday Church. Good to have you here. Good to worship together. Good to see all your faces. Man, what a good, good season it is to be alive and to be together and to be with you. God is good. I also want to point out, um, to keep the mission going, we have our offering. We give our tithes, our offerings uh, back to God of what God has given us. And so we make that easy to do. You can do it online. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on a web browser. You can do it here in person. Uh, at the end of service, our ushers will be at the doors uh, with black buckets. You can drop your, your giving uh, to the Lord in those things. And we appreciate um, all of you that support the mission and keep it going here in the community. We really appreciate it. We depend and rely on that. Um, we have some announcements coming up before Pastor Corey uh, brings his message. And so Broadway and Kimmy are going to take that away for us on the screen. What's up, CF Paris? We are so excited that you are here with us today. We have just a few announcements for you. First off, Food Pantry. We're meeting this Tuesday at the Downtown Food Pantry. It's super easy. All you have to do is help us stock the shelves. It's at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Come join us. If you need directions, you could always contact one of the staff and we'll help you get there. All right, guys, last week we talked about VBX. We said get it on your calendar. Now we need volunteers. So if you're interested in serving, go online, fill out a Serve Here form. Um, there's an actual VBX volunteer form to fill out. We are just so excited to have VBX back this year. Also, our last announcement is CF Students is coming back together. We're meeting every Wednesday right here in this room. It's an awesome time to meet with the students and have fun and do crazy things. Kind of like this. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. That's it. Pastor Corey's coming up right now. Bye. One more. He should have just left it at one. <laughs> I'm shocked he made the first one. Where is Broadway? Oh, he's in the he's in the back booth running it all. Oh man, guys. Um it is, uh, it, is, it is an exciting day. I'm going to jump into my message here in a second. But, uh, uh, man, I feel like I'm in a can back here. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't know what's going on. But it, something's just echoing up here on the, on the stage. Um, guys, I, so just to let you know, I'm super excited. I mean, one of the visions of our, our building when we built this place was just to be available for the community. Uh, one of the things that uh, we got to do this last week, um, I say last week, last night, was host North Lamar's prom. Um, I talked to the DJ and I said, now just to, just to let you know, I don't believe that these rafters have ever been properly shaken. Uh, so, so if you were concerned that this building has never been shaken to test whether or not it was going to uphold, last night there was prom in here, and from what I can tell, nothing is falling in, caving in. Uh, no, it was a, it's just a great blessing. It was a, a crazy year for students in that um, up until just a little over a month ago, the, the legislation over Texas said, at that time said schools still couldn't even have their, uh, their, their proms, any get-togethers. And so it was, it was normally their, their planning at the beginning of the year, you know, fundraising. And, and so we were able to bless them and have this building available for them, which was super exciting. Uh, that's what it's for. That's what we did this, guys. This isn't a, a church. You and I are the church. This is a building that you and I call home. 
where we get to bring family, friends in and introduce them to what we enjoy, man, the, the God who's changed our lives. Uh, we're, uh, last week was Easter Sunday, uh, a tremendous Sunday, and for those that were, uh, were a part of second service, I'll just go ahead and apologize now. If anybody flipped you off in the parking lot leaving this place, that's a no-no, not in the parking lot. Now, if you waited till the turnaround, Look, it was, the parking lot was crazy. We are aware of that. We tried to get uh, some police help last week, but, but I mean, and I, I give it to them. The, the police force were wanting to spend Easter with their families. And so uh, we didn't have that, but thank you guys for just bearing with and, and enjoying the, the, the few minutes it took to get out of the building uh, last week. Uh, the other thing I'm excited about, last week we started something here on this back wall, and uh, we had a, a, a quite a number of people write out post-it notes last week. I'm going to share a little bit more about that. Basically, I asked everybody to, if there's anything in your life, areas where you're currently praying or seeking God for, in fact, I, I, I wrote some, uh, just some, some areas down that, that I, was, I was praying over, thinking over, and, and, and I know there's people right now that, whether it be in moments of, of hurt, uh, facing major challenges, uh, different pains, different things that are going on, whether it be physically, mentally, even spiritually, questions that you have, just, just uncertainties about what's going on, struggles, heartaches, all of the above, guys. I, I'm encouraging you over this next month to, to just pin those down on a sheet of paper. Man, let's give those to God. We're placing them up here. I don't know if you can see it from down there, but already there's so many different ones that have been in, you know, placed up here. We take them all in the buckets at the end of service, and we come up here praying over every single one and placing it as part of this board so that you too, in seeing those, can know not only is your prayer request being prayed for by us, but also now the body can see that and say, man, guys, we're praying together. We're, we're one. We're the body of Christ. We're, we're a group of believers, so we're not going to sit there and let differences cause us to argue or anything. What we're going to do is we're going to believe, stand in faith together. Um, so again, the rest of this month, if you see a post-it out there, I'm going to encourage you to do it again today. Write down some of those things that you believe in God for, because I truly am believing God for something different in your life, in my life, in all our lives over this next month. Uh, today, what I want to do is I, I want to address a, a question that I hear a lot of. Um, and the question basically summarized is, is where is God in this? Where is God in this? Or, or, or another version would be, why do, so many, why, do, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Where is God in that? Where is God in, in this COVID situation? Where is God in when I lost my job? Where is God when, when my, my relationship, my marriage crumbled? Where is God when, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, I'll put it this way. I think sometimes our mental approach to this question is skewed. But then if we corrected it, if we look at what the Word of God says, and, and we're going to read through this today, and if we apply it to our lives, I truly believe it has the potential to radically change our perspective on life. If, let me put it this way. If I, uh, if I described my parents, my mom and dad to you, by merely describing the times where I got a butt whooping, I got a couple of those in just a couple. Um, but if I only described my parents, it, it, describing that situation, if that's how you knew my parents, then, then the thought would be, well, well, he must have had bad parents. Or, or, or he, he must have been, you know, a, a really bad kid, which was, that was, there was possi possibilities. 
But the, the tendency is to look more at the situation, the moment, and then look at who caused it, who instigated it, and, and put the blame there. Well, Corey's parents must not have been all that. But, but what if the bigger picture of who I am today was because of the love, because of the discipline, even, even the butt whoopings, that I received during times that were bad? So the same, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of times in life we view God based on our current hardships. We see a hardship, and in reality, I mean, it's, it's your mountain to deal with. We see that hardship, and it's hitting us face to face. And I mean, daily we wake up and we face it. And in doing so, viewing God based on these current hardships, I think we miss the reality of life that bad things happen. But that God wants to see good come out of every situation we face. It's, it's easy to, to fall back on why, where is God in this, and, and miss out that, that God is good. Today what I want to do is I want to title this message just that, God is good. And, and I pray more than just a, a cliche, you know, quippy quote that we, we throw back and forth to each other. God is good. All the time, if you grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about. As opposed to just some quote that we throw around, I, I truly pray that today we realize the reality of who God is and what he wants for us in our lives. Because God is good. And if we can grasp that, then this changes everything. Uh, today, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to jump through a, a, a number of different scriptures. I, a lot of times, I'll focus just on one passage and, and break it down. And quite honestly, every single one of these passages that I'm going to bring up today, they're messages in and of themselves. There's so much you can grab just from these little scriptures. But today, I, I want to jump through a number of different scriptures and, and hang with me because while I may not answer <laughs> your question today, I hope to leave you with the ability to see him through it. I'm going to start by looking at a passage in Mark chapter 10. And in Mark chapter 10, Jesus was, uh, he had an encounter with a, a rich young ruler. It says this, picking up in, in uh, verse 17, it says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Now, real quickly, this guy was a respected leader. This was an up-and-coming leader within the community. So for, first off, for him to run towards Jesus, in, in my mind, there reflects on, on his part, there's a sense of, of urgency. And there there's also seems, as he falls down on his knees before Jesus, to me, this, this conveys this sense of, there's something genuine about what he, and, and even humbling about what he's doing. He's, he's hurriedly approaching Jesus, seeking answers, runs to him, falls humbly before him, and, and asks. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, doing what Jesus does a lot of times, doesn't answer the question. He just poses another question. He looks at him and he says this, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, doing a, a little bit of study, a little bit of research on this, this, is, this, this young ruler, as he approaches Jesus, he, he, cli he, he cries out, good teacher. In, in, uh, as far as I can tell, from what I've read, there, there's no manuscript where, where these words are ever put together. 
You don't ever hear this saying, this phrase. Nobody ever called their rabbi good teacher, good rabbi. Or, because, and I'll tell you why, there was a, I hate to say a canned response, but there was an immediate response. There was a, 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 an ingrained, trained-in response within rabbis, that, a law that said, there is nothing good except the law. In fact, if anybody ever said good whatever, people would, a rabbi would respond back with just that. There is nothing good except the law. There is nothing good but the law. Their teaching, their belief was that it was by the law alone that you could be made good. If you did all the right things, then you were going to be good enough. If you didn't do all the wrong things, then, then you would be good enough. But you had to maintain the goods and the, I mean, the do's and the don'ts. And if you did them all, then, then that was how you were good. And if they were uncertain about something, they wrote a new law for it. Either dude it in or donated it out. It was one of the two. But their belief was that you were made good by the law alone. But, but Jesus, instead of saying there's nothing good but the law, says... There's no one good but God. He's making a distinction. Right off the bat, he's telling this guy, look, keeping the law doesn't make you good. God is good. And then, and then from in this story, Jesus does something that, in my mind, quite honestly, I, I always, I, I reread it every time, and every time I come up with a, a, a new, you know, brilliant reason why it happened. <laughs> Let me, let, me, let me share this with you. It continues on. Jesus looks at the guy and he says, you want to have eternal life? Then obey all the commandments. And the guy says, look, every single one of the commandments. And, and, and rabbinically, there was 618 different laws at the time that they had to maintain in order to be good enough. 618 laws. The guy answered, since a young child, I've done it. I, I'm, I'm doing all the good I can. And then Jesus says this to him. He says, go and sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and then come follow me. And scripture says that the man, he, he left sad. He, he walked away sad because he was, he was very wealthy. And look, I've preached just on this message a lot and talked about, you know, we've, we've, you can dive into giving and you can dive into wealth and you can talk about the love of money and you can, there's so many different ways that you can sit there and look at this. But, but the truth is, as I study this, I don't see anywhere else in Scripture, anywhere else in Scripture where Jesus looked at somebody and said, you're going to have to sell all of your possessions and come follow me. He, he asks people all the time, come follow me, let's go. But, but this guy specifically, he looked at him and he said, you, you're going to have to sell all your possessions. Now, now right off the bat, I'll be honest, it doesn't seem fair. Well, why, why this guy? Why did he have to sell all his possessions? I mean, what was happening here that this man had to sell all his possessions? Every other time he just said, follow me, but now you're, why, why this guy? Why does he have to sell everything, especially if he's rich? Couldn't that, couldn't that benefit something else? Well, I mean, all of these questions start popping into our minds. But when I go down the, the list in my mind of, of things that don't seem fair, that, that list's exponential. 
COVID hit this last year, and people's lives were immediately in upheaval. People's lives were rocked. Uh, people were struggling just to provide meals for, for their families, and, and then not even, not even able to see loved ones when they were hurting. It doesn't seem fair. But then, as hard as all that is, I, I, I look at... I look at the poorest of the poor from right here within our own community and on a global scale, the truth is we live in riches compared to, to so many. So then, so then why, are, why are we so wealthy when, when there are children that are starving to death? Our, uh, we've got a, a great missions group going this year to Guatemala here in June. There's, I think there's already 23, 24 people signed up to to uh, to go, including myself and my son are going, as well as my daughter, and and uh, man, it, it's going to be a powerful time. But having been down to this orphanage in Guatemala before, as well as uh, man, the, the time that I got to fly over to Africa and, and spend just just, just this, this beautiful time with a, a man named Bishop Karayuki, uh, and, and as we drove around the countryside, I, I mean, my heart just broke. It's not fair. It doesn't seem fair. This last week, I, I had the privilege. I, 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 get to, uh, I get to serve on Children's Advocacy Center board here in, in Lamar County. And uh, man, the work that they're doing is phenomenal. And this week, it, it, was, a, it was a blessing. We got to go over to, the, uh, to their building downtown, and uh, we planted pinwheels. Pinwheels representing individual cases of kids right here in Lamar County. That were, that were affected just last year. The cases that came through their office, not the cases that Lamar County was dealt, just, just the ones that were turned into Children's Advocacy, Children's Advocacy Center. We planted 290 pinwheels, individual cases, individual kids. Each one of those, a kid represented right here in Lamar County that had to go through something. Sadly, of those, they, they do them in different colors, and the largest color over 50% of those were, were because of uh, uh, sexual, sexual misconduct with a child, with a minor, sexual abuse of a minor. That's right here. It doesn't seem fair. I, uh, April, is, April is Child Abuse Awareness Month. Uh, and on the, the last Sunday in April, April 25th, it's actually uh, Blue Sunday. It's, it's just a, a day set aside for, for churches across the nation to join unitely in prayer uh, against uh, abuse towards children. And, and this year, I asked Children's Advocacy Center to come out, and they're going to replant their pinwheel garden in front of our, uh, our building out there on the highway. Um, so we as well are going to have a sign and 290 pinwheels representing individual cases right here in Lamar County. Children. It doesn't seem fair. Why, why is it that, that my mom and dad, who were good people, both died of cancer early? It doesn't seem fair. But that's just it. The list, the list can go on and on and on and on. I mean, the list just goes on. Things in my mind that don't seem fair. Where is God in this? Where is God in this event? There's people here this morning tuning in online, listening, and, and, and here, right here, that, that man, I, I can't even begin to fathom the situations, the storm that you're probably in the middle of. 
You've got questions. There's, there's pain, there's suffering, there's heartache, there's hurt. But it's during those times, during those trials, that one of two things will happen to your faith. Either it will rattle you or it will take you to a, a deeper level of committed faith. Uh, enduring trials and pain will, will either shake your faith or it will prove your faith. Trials, I, I, it's a guarantee. A trial is, is it's either going to completely rattle you, rock your world, or, or it's going to take you to a, a committed faith, a deeper level that you've ever been with God. Kind of like those butt whoopings my parents gave me when I was a kid. Better yet, I, I think a, a better example might be somebody training for competition. Somebody training their body for a competition has a goal in mind. And because of that goal in mind, on the days they wake up where their body says it hurts too much, don't, don't do it today, what do they do? Keep going. Why? Because they're not training their body for today, they're training their body for a goal. There's a purpose, there's something there and they recognize it. And so because they recognize it, they push through the pain of today because they know the joy of tomorrow will be there. There will be days when your body doesn't want to. But if you don't, your body won't be ready for the big day. It's these hard moments that, act, that, that they can either be intimidation or they can be motivation. It's either intimidation or motivation. Uh, Paul, uh, P- not Paul, Peter. Peter uh, addressed this in his first letter. He wrote his first letter, and you got to remember, when Peter was, Peter was writing to a group of Christians that... Uh, I mean, they were enduring trials that we, I don't think we can even begin to fathom. I just finished a, a book, one of my favorite authors. It's historical fiction. Uh, it's, it's called A Man at Arms by Stephen Pressfield. And it's this historical fiction account of this Roman centurion that, that uh, is, is basically looking for one of Paul's letters, the letter to the Corinthians, because the Romans know that if this letter makes it to the Corinthians, then... then uh, the Roman government, is, it's, it's, it's just going to destroy things. It's just a brilliant book, but in my mind as I was reading this, it started to just kind of open up the idea that I think, like we talked about last week with Thomas, we, we get this mentality that there were, the, 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 the story of Christ is continued on because of 12 disciples. And, and in our minds, we can almost argue with, well, maybe those 12 got together. Maybe they, 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 they were, you know, kind of uh, talking to each other, saying, hey, this is our story. No matter if you get impaled with a stick or burned in boiling oil, just hold to this little secret. This is, this is our fake account of what happened, and it's going to change the world. Come on. I, I, wouldn't, I, I don't believe that for 12. But the truth is, Scripture even tells us that there were over 3,000, there were thousands who saw Jesus after the resurrection. And so those thousands that saw Jesus, they heard him speak. They knew he was alive. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, they couldn't say God is not real because they saw him. And every single one of these accounts, as I was reading this book, it started to tell about the people that were, were just carrying the letter. How Roman guards would, would grab them and, and, and search them thoroughly. I mean, just ripping their clothes off and, and uh, next to just killing them just to find this letter. And yet, not a one of them was willing to recant. So, it's these that, that Peter is writing to in his letter. 
Christians who for sport are getting thrown into an arena and and lions being released to, to eat them up. It was sport to kill the Christian. If you found one, kill them. We think we live under persecution. Listen to this. This is what Peter writes to those. In 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 6, it says, In all this, what is this? This, he, he's talking about every trial. He's talking about, look, in, in the fact that you're currently getting pursued by your government. In, in the fact that whatever your trial is, in all of this, in the middle of your relationship being torn apart, in the middle of the doctor's report that says you don't have that long, in the middle of your family being ripped apart, in the middle of everything that you're going through, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. But listen here, these have come so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, may be proven genuine and result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What's he saying? He's saying, look, these trials, these, these pains, these struggles, all of these have a purpose. That purpose is is that your faith, which which is the most valuable thing that you have. Your faith, the most valuable thing that you have, of greater worth than gold, may be proven genuine. Look, guys, it's, it's easy to talk about great faith. It's easy to claim great faith when, when things are going well. When things are smooth, man, you, you can say you're standing by faith all you want to, but it's easy. It's a lot more difficult to stand on faith when your world is falling apart. But it's, it's in those moments, it's when your world seems to be falling apart that if you continue to seek God, your faith will be proven and that Jesus Christ is revealed because God is always good. Here's what, I, uh, what I'm not going to do today. At the beginning of, of this message, I told you guys I wanted to uh, address the question of where is God in this? And, and I, I, I specifically use the word address because I, I want to reiterate, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I, I'm not going to offer you quick, quick answers to hard questions. I, I'm not going to try and pretend like I, I know what you feel. I, the truth is, I don't. If I've learned anything through the pain that I've been through, it's that what I'm going through it may be nominal to you, and what you're going through may be nominal to me, but, but for both of us, when you're the one in it, it feels like the world couldn't end sooner. So today what I'm not going to do is insult your intelligence by trying to just simply explain things away. In, instead of just leaving you with some quippy quote, God is good, all the time, all the time. As opposed to just that, rather than just a, a canned response, I, I want you to experience that God is good in your life. What I want to do in my mind, it, it, takes, it takes a greater amount of faith. It's, it, it's, it's, it's to point you toward a God who is always good. But then to show you to trust in his presence, and to trust that his presence in the middle of hell 
is going to be enough. How do, you keep the, how do you keep the faith when your world is crumbling around you? Hey, Jojo, baby, I'm sorry. Do you mind bringing me my water? Thank you. She loves it when I do that. Um, I, I, I really do. I, I really pray to, to point you. And show you that if you trust in his presence, even in the middle of storms, that it's going to be enough for you. So today, if you're hurting, or, or, or even just the possibility that one day you may. <laughs> I, uh, I pray that you hear this. I want to give you a couple thoughts just to keep in mind. A couple of biblical principles that, that I believe, while, while not giving you the answer that you may have hoped to get today, it's going to be, it's gonna be direction. And, and what I truly know will set you up to see and to realize and, and, and to know how good God is. Uh, the first one is this. The first one is simply just embracing that God has a purpose through your pain. Uh, I, I'm not... <laughs> I don't feel like I need to take the time to defend God this morning. I think a lot of people immediately, as soon as they experience pain, they look to say, put blame somewhere. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but I think we miss the point when we do that. The first thing that we must do within any pain is, is more embrace that God has a purpose through the pain. Again, if we're looking at this differently, if we're looking at this more like a, a, a somebody who's training for something else, then, then it switches our mentality. If we're no longer looking at, at just this instance, then we see on the whole grand picture the scale of what it is God's doing. You may not feel it. You may not see it, even believe that it's there, but you can take comfort that God is good because God never wastes a hurt. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, Paul says this. He says, for our light and monetary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of the troubles. In other words, he's saying there's a purpose behind the pain. He goes on to say, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but instead on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Look at that. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. So, so in other words, stop focusing on the mountain in front of you. Stop focusing on the trouble in front of you because you fix your eyes on what is seen and there's just death, destruction, hurt, pain, hardship. But instead, we focus on what is unseen. A God who will never leave you, never forsake you. A God who wants to see that you have abundant life. A, a God that wants you to have life over death. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. When we look at all of our troubles in the perspective of all of eternity, man, what seems so huge today, in the perspective of eternity, it becomes a little bit lighter, a little bit more momentary, right? When we start to realize that behind the pain is something bigger than we could ever imagine, but with the understanding that before we can get there, 
There's something to learn that will help us achieve that prize. There's something that's needed to be learned in this moment. So many of us are are begging God, pull us out, get me out, remove me from this storm. When all the while God said, look, it's going to come up again because you still don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Love you, but you're ignorant. I, look, I, I mean, you, your God may just talk sweet to you all the time, but God's had a few conversations with me that weren't too sweet. I've run the same mountain. I've run, I, I've run tracks, tracks in a mountain just saying, God, I'm looking to go up this mountain. Why am I keeping just running this rut, running this rut, running this rut? God's like, well, if you'd listen, there's purpose in the pain. There's purpose in the middle of hard times. Just because you're facing pain at the moment doesn't mean that God is not good. And just because you would give anything for it to go away doesn't mean that eternally this isn't the best thing for you. We have to learn to embrace his purpose, even though we may not know what it is in the middle of pain. There's a, uh, a story of, of Jesus who had an encounter with a blind guy in John. Uh, John chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Everybody wanted to know why this guy was born blind. In the culture, if, if you were born br- blind, lame, or if you had some sort of impediment, anything that hindered you, it was considered that there must be sin in your life or that there's sin in your parents' life. Somebody is to blame. It says as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, whose fault is this? Who sinned, this man or his parents? Where can we place the blame that he was born blind? Again, it's this mentality that there is nothing good but the law. And if you haven't fulfilled the law, then you can't be good. But what did Jesus say? Jesus' words were, I have come to fulfill the law. So his, his disciples ask him, whose fault is this? We need to place blame on some thought, somebody. And, and Jesus says this, neither this man nor his parents sinned. In other words, we're not going to place blame. Quit looking for the negative. Instead, Jesus said, look at the positive that will come from it. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. This here was a, was a pain with, with a purpose behind it. This was a hurt that wasn't going to be wasted. This happened so that the work of God could be displayed through this man's life. Jesus goes on to heal this guy. And, and so not only this guy's life changed, this changed everything for this guy. But now through this guy, through this testimony, so many other lives changed. The realization of God is good. And there's always a purpose. Even though you may not see it, feel it, or any of it, uh, there's always a purpose, even in the pain. The second thing is in the middle of whatever it is you're going through, I pray that you could embrace God's peace through the pain. Embrace God's peace through the pain. A a peace that goes beyond your ability to understand. Paul wrote this, and Paul Paul wrote Philippians uh, from a Roman prison. Awaiting possible execution. How bad's your life? I mean, I'm not on death row yet, so, so I figure I'm doing something right. Paul wrote this 
from prison awaiting possible execution. Philippians 4, starting in verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. You're on death row, mate. What, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything. Well, what's everything? But in everything, everything's my prison time. Everything's my hardship. Everything's my trial. Everything's my storm. Everything is, is everything. Everything is everything that goes on in my life. Good, bad, all of it. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When you can't make it on your own, when, when it's too much, when it, it weighs you down, when you can't sleep at night, when, when you don't have the answers, when you don't understand, you present the things that you're incapable, incapable of, of handling. You present them to a good God, and, and Scripture says this, and the peace of God, which goes beyond, it transcends all understanding. It's humanly impossible for you to comprehend, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But it's embracing God's peace even through the pain. I, I'm going to close. I'm going to have the band come up. And as I do, I, I'm going to share a story. And some of you may have heard this before. And uh, just a, a phenomenal uh, a story, true story. Back in the 1870s, there was a man by the name of Horatio Stafford. He was a, a Christian, Christ follower. And in the late 70s, endured more than I could even begin to comprehend, fathom. Lived in Chicago and had a four-year-old son that he lost to scarlet fever. His four-year-old son passed away. It wasn't that long after his, there was the great fires in Chicago in, in the uh, 1870s. And, and, and he lost most of his businesses. Lost most of what he had, lost most of what he owned. He was trying to build it back up, and, and uh, apparently it had, had some, some financial kind of working out. It went well, so he, he decided to, to send his family, his wife and four daughters, across to Europe. They were going to go take a quick vacation in Europe. Right at the last second, he couldn't go because of his business. Again, just having trying to rebuild it back up, get it back up and running. There was something that came up, and, and he had to attend to it. But he looked at his wife and daughters, and he said, I'll join you soon. I'll, I'll be there on the, on the next boat coming here in a few days. So let me just handle this, and I'll be there. Four days later, he received a telegram from his wife from Europe. It started by saying, saved alone. The ship, while crossing, had actually run into a, a, another ship, a big iron hull at the time, and, and uh, within 12 minutes, the whole boat had gone down. His wife, Annie, she could remember at one point she was holding on to all four kids. She had them, but then the next thing she remembers, she was pulled out by some, some random guy that just happened to be on a, on a lifeboat passing by, saw her floating, she had, she had fallen unconscious on a log, her children, all four gone. They hung out in the lifeboat, in the raft boat, and, and they, they, they eventually got picked up and they went on to Europe, and, and so Horatio, I, I, understanding the, the, the hurt that his wife was in, uh, he, he got the next ship over, he said, I'm coming. 
He's on his way to visit her and, and on his way into this journey. Again, this is days across the ocean. And, and, and on his way, one day the, the, the captain calls him, calls down to his room, asks him to come up. And, and so Horatio comes up and, and the captain says, hey, here in just a little bit, we're actually going to be crossing over. I just thought you might want to know this is the site where the ship went down. I know you're, you lost children in that. It's said that Horatio walked out onto the deck and pinned these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way or when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot whatever happens in my life thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul. That's peace through pain. I think about <laughs> the stories I hear, what people are enduring, what they're going through. And it, it does. It, it constantly raises the question, is God fair? God, where are you in this? This, this doesn't seem fair. But the truth is, God, look, <laughs> God's not fair. The title of this is God is good. I didn't say God was fair. Because if he was, the truth is, if, if God was fair, then, then I'd have to get what my sin deserves. If God was fair, then, then each and every one of us would have to account for every sin that we've ever committed. And the penalty for that sin, Scripture tells us, it's death. But thank God he's not fair. Rather, he's good in mercy. And so he did what, he, he did something for us that we didn't deserve. Scripture tells us that he sent Jesus, his only son, to die in place of us and our sin. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12, shows us the reality of this truth. He's not fair, he's good says this, God does not treat us as our sin does deserve. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. For, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. For those who simply cry out, who realize, God, I, I need you. God, this situation is not good, but I know, I know that you are. And Lord God, I, I lean in. I embrace your purpose. I embrace, Lord God, the peace that, that you can only give me during this because there's no other peace to be found. And so, today for everyone who faces questions uncertainties, doubts. I come with no answers, no explanations, only a promise that is true. But it's truer than anything, guys. It, it's, it's more true than anything I could ever say. God is good. And he loves you. I want to close... And, and I do, I, I want everybody this morning, if you would.
will, just right where you're at, head bowed, eyes closed, please. I, I want you to reflect back on, on what I'm saying today, on what we've talked about. And, and I think that there's those tuning in online, there's those here, and, and you're hurting. Nobody can discount what you're going through because that's just it. You're going through it. And it hurts. There's people that are hurting. There's, there's people that are getting reports. There's people that are getting information that, that they don't know how to deal with. Relationally, spiritually, mentally, there's so much going on in people's lives. Challenges, pain, questions, struggles, heartache. And as you think about those situations... My prayer today is that you realize that, that God isn't the situation, but that God wants to see you through the situation. That God is good regardless of whatever situation you're in. Scripture tells us over and over again that he wants people to have life. He, he wants you to be filled up abundant. He wants you to succeed. I'm not talking about some sort of flippant prosperity, gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm talking about a God who will supply, who's there through it all, in the middle of the storms, in the middle of the hurt. He's going to hold on to you. But if that is you this morning and you're here, as you think about that thing to pin down on that post-it note that we're going to pray over this week, I'd like to take the time to pray for you right here this morning, just where you're at. Again, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if, if you're tuning in online, there's a pastor waiting there to, to pray for you. Just type something in the, in the message box to them. But if you're here this morning, all I'm asking you to do is just, just real quickly raise your hand right where you're at. I want to pray for you where you're at. Across this room, awesome, 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 awesome. Hands going up across, guys. I, it's just it, man. So many people are dealing with so much. If you'll stand with me as I close. Heavenly Father, we, we make room. We make room for you this morning not carving out a space, not, 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 not notching a little hole where we think we can fit you in, Lord God, but, but rather we, we, we say, God, we need you to fill this whole space. The situations, Lord God, the prayers, the hands that have gone up, those people that are, are typing in online right now, Lord God, every single one of these, Lord, we, we, lift, we lift these up to you. And I ask, Father, that in your presence, at this very moment, that, that you would simply be enough. That they would realize your goodness, Lord Jesus, even in this, Lord God, whatever this is. I pray for eyes to see you at work. That we'd embrace that you have a purpose, Lord God, even, even in the middle of our pain. That we would take comfort, Lord Jesus. That, that we know that we know that you don't waste a hurt. That you're in all things, Lord God, working all things together for good, for those who love you, for those who are called according to your purpose. And God, I ask that your peace, your peace that goes beyond all ability to understand, no matter what people are facing right now, that, that you would guard their hearts. You would offer your peace. That we could reflect, Lord God, on, on those inspired words, Lord Jesus. Even though things... Even though things around us are not well, in your presence it is well. 
It is well with my soul. As we seek you, I thank you, Lord God. Your word says that we will find you as we seek you, Lord God. As we continue with our questions to come in. And say, God, I'm seeking answers. I'm seeking you. I pray that people would find you. In your presence, no matter what we face, there's a peace that goes beyond all understanding. Father, we know that you're good. And we press through today for the joy of the purpose we know that you'll bring around. Thank you, God, again for your working in the lives of those right now who are hurting. For their ability, Lord God, just to grab a hold of the knowledge that you are good. And that everything that you're going, they're going through at the moment is temporal, Lord God. It, it, it's, it's but a moment, Lord Jesus. But that the glory, the, the, the prize thereafter, God, it's going to be so much more. Of so much more value than they can be able to imagine. That you would change their lives radically, dramatically changed. That they would realize, God, that you alone change everything. That it's in you, your working power, your spirit alive and well inside of us changes everything. I thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in the name of your son that I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, before I close completely, what I want to do, listen, if you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus Christ, this whole series, it's a buildup for the end. It really is. But but look, if you're here today, I don't want to pass up this moment either. If you're here today, look, don't leave. Please, God, don't leave without coming and talking to me right here. I'm going to stand here because I know that somebody just wants to say, Corey, I want a simple relationship with Jesus. And it really is that. It's as simple as saying, I, man, I need a relationship with Jesus. Scripture tells you he's faithful. He will forgive all your sin. It's just humbly coming before him and saying, God, I need you. Not everything else that I've tried to fill it with, but God, I need you. Make room, shake up the ground of everything within me. Let me realize that you alone are good. Guys, y'all have a blessed Sunday afternoon. God bless you all. Remember, this changes everything.